I'm like trying to play the music here to get things going, and it's like just doing this loopy thing where it says going live. Anytime you're ready. Last week, you had problems, and you're like, Jay, and I'd already shut everything off, and I'm like, uh-oh, we're in trouble, and somebody goes, hey, did you get your podcast done? And I'm like, uh, I hope so. All right, I finally got the music to work, which means that we can start a podcast as Jason Pridmore and I just did a podcast off the air. We did. Well, I was like, a, for like, where were we, like uh, probably an hour into that? Yeah, something like that. And now we got to do a podcast? We have to do a podcast. Hey, Jason, looking good. Um, welcome, everyone, to the Grace Garage Pod with co-host Jason Pridmore, your two-time national, two-time world champion, and one heck of a golfer, mm. presented by Bike911.com. And you know... If you have some legal things you need to talk about, your motorcycle rider, go reach out to our boy Alex Asante. He's the guy who's going to take care of you. Bike911.com. It's a website. So, Jason, what happens is there's something called a web browser, and then you Thanks, go to the you URL. Don't. How you doing, buddy? No, I'm hanging. I'm hanging. It's been an interesting week or two for me. So, yeah. Y'all recovered from the big Chuck Walla, the eight-day last weeky thingy that we talked yeah. about in the last podcast? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly recovered. I... The worst part is, is I, I tested negative. I got, you know, came home from Chuckwalla, really run down. I went and, uh, went and golfed. Like we and, normally do if you spend eight days at Chuckwalla. That's yeah, I was out there for nine days. I rode seven of them, came home, rained on the first day I was home. So I kind of hung out, did, did, just got some, some work stuff done. And then Tuesday, um, wasn't feeling well at all. I, I went and played golf, but I wasn't feeling well, tested negative, And then I was in bed all day Wednesday and Thursday. In fact, I can't remember what day we did the podcast last week. It wasn't Monday, Monday. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was after that. So, you know, then next thing you know, I'm testing positive. And so, but I'm I'm not sick. I feel fine. Everything's good. It's, it's I've never, never. I mean, you look like ass, but never that's normal. Sick. Well, that's. But you. As long as I don't look good. more ass than I normally look, then mm-hmm. I know I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel great. Like, I feel fine. So. Uh, yeah, I went yeah. to Vegas, man. I went to Vegas. I know you did, yeah. Uh, AMAC, I went to the AIM Expo, which I hadn't been to a few years. Yeah. It was smaller, as you would expect. Only yep. one manufacturer showed up, but there were a bunch of smaller companies that were there, a um, bunch of uh, like Chinese motorcycle manufacturers that are there that are... You know what? I mean, the story that I'm getting was, Jay, is you know, you and I, I think, over the years have been very focused on the, on the larger motorcycle manufacturers, but... These Chinese manufacturers that are importing bikes, they're they're decent bikes, but they're built and ready to go, and they're saving some of these smaller um, dealerships, you know, yep. because the the you know Honda, Suzuki, Kawasaki, Yamaha, they're they're really struggling to get product, um, you know, for supply chain issues and you know shipping issues and stuff. But I had a long talk with some of the people that are embedded in the industry, some people I haven't caught up with in quite a while, yep. and got better framework as to what's going on right now in the motorcycle industry, and it's. Uh, it's a it's a tough road to hoe when you have demand so high, but yep. you can't deliver product because of so many different factors, you know. But it was good catching up with folks. Um, you know, it was good hanging with the with the folks at the AMA who I was there shooting some video for a, like a testimonial video that they're going to do over the course of this year to try to get more members. And if you like, if you're not a member of the American Motorcyclist Association, I mean, it's like I don't even know thirty five bucks a year, thirty whatever it is, it's worth it, man, because. They're about rights, riding, and racing. You know, yep, if you're an amateur 100%. racer, they they sanction it all. And there's so much stuff that people don't know about JP um, that the AMA does in Washington to to keep our rights to ride open. Whether it's off road riding, I mean, yep. you know, issues. And they don't win them all, but they win a lot of them. Well, you know, the fact that we have with, somebody going to battle for us is good. You know, yeah, especially good. on and some so of those topics. It's and, me- yeah, and it's membership based, man. So go get your stuff. I mean, it's cool. You and I've been members for a long time because Forever. when we started racing. Yeah, you know, like you, you, if it's an AMA sanctioned event, you get a membership when you sign up to race. You yeah. know, it's part of what you pay for. So yeah. they have a lot of membership, you know, a lot of members, but, uh, you know, 220,000 plus, but it needs to grow. And if you're a motorcycle enthusiast, go do that. You know, hashtag no sponsor. I just like what the AMA has done. Um, Jay, in this week's podcast, you know, there's a bunch of news that we're going to have in, in Arai News. We're going to talk Supercross from San Diego, or as a lot of people out there who know it, a whale's vagina. Um, what, what are you talking about? What does that mean? What do you mean? It's not San Diego. It's, it's a whale's vagina. Do you not know that from Anchorman? No. The movie? Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes. He's trying to impress her and he's in the car. And I, he's saw, like, oh, I saw Diego. that and I'm like, what the, what's he on about? But yeah. 
Gotcha. I, it, but that movie ruined me every time. I, and I love San Diego. Like, like I do, I love San Diego. And uh, it's but every so time good I, down there, especially Supercross. Like the stadium's badass. Everything's cool about it. Yep. Yeah. But every time I hear San Diego, I'm like a whale's vagina. She goes, I don't think that's right. Um, and then listen, the 2022 World Superbike Superbike entry list is out, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. If you'd like to support the channel, it's patreon.com slash TV, and uh, you can jump in anytime during the course of the season and play Fantasy Supercross with us, specifically on that one, which is RM uh, Fantasy for uh, the people on our Patreon page, because Johnny Ray, World Superbike champ, multi-times over, who's now P2, back with the 65, he is participating with us, he's playing with us. And you get a nice little prize, a signed Arai camouflage hat that uh, I think that camo hat's only available in the U.S. So Jason's going to get on an airplane, go all the way to Europe, have Johnny Ray sign it specifically for you if you win. And uh, it's a good time. Plus, obviously, you know, we're doing the other fantasy, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, You can see some videos at Greg's Garage TV channel, the podcast, uh, too, when I post them and all that stuff. So that's that. Anything else you want to catch up on before we get into the news? No, I was looking just to see where Johnny is in that little, uh, where he's actually <laughs> at in our in our deal here. So, anyways, I'll find it. We'll go through it later. Let's hear. Some I think news. I sent you a text about it. So, oh look, yeah, look he's in right there. Text. He's like, uh, what is he? P eight or P nine? Yeah, something he's like that. Eighth. You're. So he's eighth. Anthony seventh. You're sixth. Caroline's fifth. Is that right? Mm. Yep, I think so. Yeah. Or six. Yeah, she's six. You're seventh. He's all right. And then Anthony and then Johnny's ninth. So, all right. And you're where? You're P2? I'm P2. Yeah. It's weird. Isn't it weird that you can do good in, well, I stink in pulp, but I'm not doing bad in the RM in both the leagues I'm in. But, anyways. You, you don't know what stinking in pulp is about, so I don't even want to hear it. We'll no, I'm not that, that bad yet. We on. can still make a comeback, G Dev. We're a little far. We're a little back right now, but the, the Askland boys are kicking our ass, so we need to fix this. My problem is out of the, I don't know, what is it? Uh, how many riders did we get in? We've had 24 riders basically to pick, and I've only had 21 in. I'm right with you. I don't think I've had that many. I've not had I all I, eight. I haven't had all eight in. in the whole so, year. So I've had 20. <clears throat> so yeah, it's not good. No, it's not good. And anyway. you know, when, and, and, and when Uncle Skip tar- starts talking trash, I, it gets me a little, you know? Yeah, but see, the thing was, is I tell some really funny jokes in our uh, in our thread with the yeah. four of us, Uncle Skip, Chuck Axland, and you and myself. And when you asked Uncle Skip if you had won Daytona. No, I said, what's when, his best what, result? I said, what was your what's best, your best result? result? And when? Yeah. And I said, second to Ed Kretz. Oh my that God, was that so was pretty funny. Good. 1939 or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You. 1939 was the first one. Yep, yep. And there was no response. You guys didn't respond. I, I, I loved it. I thought I did respond, but yeah, anyways. Yeah, anyway. All right, let's anyway. get to the news let's presented by Arai. Oh, again, dude. What's with the music, G Dub? Well, this there new system that I use is a slider, so I turn it down and I turn it up. Where the other one I used to do it in post production. Now I just do it. So Got it. I'm gonna like, do this again. I'm gonna and I'm not gonna edit this out. So this is what I'm gonna do. Watch this. Do it. I'm gonna say, and now your news presented by Arai. Yeah, see how that works? <laughs> yeah, see, that's the way it's supposed to work, people. We're not perfect here. Hey, Arai helmets. They protect your head. Go to ryamericas.com. Check stuff out. They have antimicrobials. They have uh, vents and things. You can pull the liners out. You can wash them. You know what I mean? Clear vision. Screens are great. I don't know what else to say. Ariamericas.com. Go check out their new paint schemes. They're coming out with paint schemes like all the time, dude. Like every couple months they come out great with a paint Great stuff, job. too. Yeah, it's really good. Really good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, although it's not in here, before we get to the Arai news yep. entirely... Um, did you see that Kevin Olmedo has, uh, he posted on, on social media. He's, he's with A&Easy now with N2. Uh, I know he's with N2 and I did see the photos. I didn't look close enough at the, uh, at the, at the suit. Is he with Down Easy? Yeah. He's got right. a D-Air suit. The stuff looks great. It's what green and blue or neon green and blue stuff looks amazing. All right. Well, other than the Kevin Olmedo stuff, the first stuff this week, we're going to talk about Moto America has got a bunch of stuff. 
How about Brandon Posh, who spent last season in BSB in their Super Sport class with Dynavolt uh, Triumph? He is back in the U.S. on the two-time championship-winning Altus Motorsports Stock Thousand. Say it with me, Jason. Stock Thousand. Stock Thousand. Stock I thousand. think I've done better, right? You've done better. Richie Alexander kills me because I talk to him all the time, and he just gets, he keeps saying Super Stock. I do too. Super Stock Thousand. Well, if I'm in anyway, that, if I'm in the Richie company, I'm okay. Yeah, that is look, true. I've All even right, got so, the old H- HVMC going today, like oldie but a goodie. Hey, I think it's great that Brandon's back. I think it's great he's on a thousand too. He's a big, tall guy. Um, you know, he's with a team that's won two championships in a row, as well as the Superbike Cup. So there's going to be pressure there. I think for Brandon getting back and getting on a thousand though for me is going to be important in the sense that this will start to project his career a little bit more. He needs to be on a bigger bike. I think some of the smaller bikes have been a little bit harder for him. Uh, and now he's got a team that should have all the setup info that he could possibly need on this bike. So there's going to be an element of pressure there for him, I think, uh, that he's probably not felt in the past. But he's seasoned enough now. Like when I talk about being seasoned, he's gone into situations where he's gone overseas to teams that you know from from other countries, uh, albeit England, and people speak being able to speak the language and things. But he's pretty well traveled and well versed, and he you know I know he works hard off the bike. This will probably give him some motivation too. And I think that what I'd like to be able to see is some consistency with year after year after year staying with the same team, if that's possible. Because I'd love to see Altus move up to Superbike at some point, if that was even a possibility. They've been around and they've been doing a really nice job in the classes that they've been competing. And, um, you know, maybe with a young rider like Brandon, they can mold themselves into whatever they want to be. But hopefully they can continue to fight for that championship this year. It's going to be tough. It will be tough. And the questions about what Jake Lewis, who obviously it was Cameron Peterson, who it was also announced Cameron Peterson is going to the Fresh and Lean Attack Performance Yamaha team yep. to fill in the ride that Josh Heron vacated who as he went to Ducati. Um, that was their first championship on Stock 1000. And then Jake Lewis, the question is, there's been no official announcement. However, Jason, <laughs> there was a motorcycle on display at at in Moto America's booth at AM Expo that literally had Jake Lewis's number on it yeah. and it had a new title sponsor on it. And I was like, I talked to the people who own that bike and I was like, what are you guys doing? They're like, I, I don't know. We just, I, we just I, had I, to, I, I they, they wanted something on display. We put it out there. If it gets out there, it gets out there. But this week we should see a, an official press release on who's going to be riding what bikes and Jake Lewis's name will be included in that as he reassured people on social media that he is in our paddock. The question is what? And Jake pointed out, I think that he's still eligible, age eligible. Uh, a couple hours ago, he, he replied to one of my comments on his Instagram page. I hate to drop names like I know Jake Lewis people. Uh-huh. Or, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I hate to do, you know, yeah. but sometimes it has to happen. You know, Jeff White style. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, he said uh, he's still age appropriate, I think, for uh, Junior Cup. So... You know, interesting. We'll see if, he, if Jake, <laughs> that'll be an interesting thing for Jake to be in Junior Cup. You know, if there's 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 nobody more willing than Jake Lewis to get on a competitive superbike again, and if that is the case, that's going to be great. Obviously, with him moving on from Altus, there's got to be something in the works for him there that I'm sure if everybody puts their heads down, they'll know what, what it is possibly. Uh, and I'm excited for the team he's going to, and I'm excited for Jake because he was out of our paddock. So, you know, he came back, won a championship, he did what he needed to do. And, and again, for Brandon, this is a great thing. He's watched Cam go from stock 1,000 champion to superbike. Jake, stock champion to what we potentially hope might be a superbike ride this next year. So there's a pathway there for guys that are riding in that stock 1,000 class to move on. So, And I think stock 1,000, the stuff that I know is going to be coming out over the course of the next two to three weeks that we might find out about, it's it's going to be pretty good. And you know what? Twins Cup is another class that oh. continues to grow. And Gus Rodeo and Anthony Maziato are going to team up for Twins Cup on the Rodeo Racing Warhorse HSBK Racing Team. They're going to be on a Warhorse HSBK prepared Aprilia RS 660s. And Rodeo, and I think this is great, Rodeo's still going to compete in Junior Cup. Good on for him. Sportbiketrackgear.com Junior Cup on a Ninja 400. What are your thoughts on that? I Jamie? think that's outstanding for Gus. And I think that we're going to see him win races this next year. I think we're going to see him win a handful of races in Junior Cup. And I think that getting that extra track time specifically on that Twins Cup and then jumping back onto the Junior Cup bike, that can only help him. Uh, you know, not unlike what we used to do, Greg, jumping from, you know, uh, stock thousands back to our 600 Super Sport bikes. And that that will really help him. Um, I love the fact that Anthony Maziato 
is coming back um, for a full season. I think that there's a really neat little manufacture war going on there as well between Yamaha and Aprilia now. Um, we're seeing a lot of guys, a lot of quality, really fast people jumping on this R7. And we're seeing a bunch of them on that Aprilia as well. I believe Dominic Doyle as well was announced this week is going back to Twins Cup with the BarkCon team. Is that in your news, Greg? Because I didn't even look it up if it is. No, oh, it yeah, is. no, it's the next it is. It's the next item in the news. There yeah, you go. yeah, it's Dominic Sorry, Doyle yeah, it. going yep. with BarkCon. So on he's, R7, and, yep. and I think he's on an R7 too, right? So, you know, you, you think about it. You you know, uh, Corey Ventura on the Yamaha, Dominic Doyle on the Yamaha. Then you got these other guys on the Aprilias. We still haven't heard what Caleb DeCrail is doing, I don't think. I don't think so either. I haven't heard anything about him. But I just think that, you know, it'll be interesting to see who shows up on the SV650s now because now we're starting to see new bikes in Twins Cup come to the forefront. So, um, and, and, you know, I think that for the Moto America people in charge, this Twins Cup thing has been a great, it, it's a great little shot in the arm. I think what started off as a support class four or five years ago, and it was going to be kind of a build it, and come to the racetrack and you you know build it in your garage come to the racetrack it's turning a lot more serious now we're seeing a lot of these junior cup kids moving on up uh Bangladi, another one going to be in twins cup it's going to be that's going to be some good racing to watch this year yeah i could almost see in the future moto america and, and and believe me in this particular case i have zero inside information i haven't talked to anybody at moto america about it but i could almost see the the junior cup going to a regional series kind of an east west deal you know, to get more people interested and to, to do that and then have one final at the end of the year. And then Twins Cup is that next step. You know what I mean? Where you go full-time racing. I mean, that that to me, it feels like it's kind of headed in that direction, but who knows? I mean, Twins I haven't Cup seen the me, entry list I mean, for, for Junior Cup at all, but Twins Cup I haven't either for Junior Cup. Uh, when you look at the Twins Cup and Stock 1000, those two classes this year are going to be pretty gnarly to watch. And, and we got a lot to yeah. look forward to because even in super sport now, we're going to have a lot of different manufacturers. So there's a lot of intrigue within the series, I think, right now in all of our classes. The only one I don't know much about is Junior Cup. We haven't seen entries for that yet. We won't see that class run until Atlanta. So, um, you know, obviously we're going to see the Super Sport uh, at Daytona. We're going to see Twins Cup at Daytona. We're going to see Baggers at Daytona. So we'll get an idea of kind of where those are entry level wise. Uh, but we're not going to see the other ones until, until we get to Atlanta. And speaking of Moto America, or keeping with Moto America, news broke that Kyle Wyman will concentrate on King of the Bagger series as a factory Harley-Davidson rider team with his brother Travis on the Screaming Eagle team. Uh, there's a lot behind the story, but um, the absence of Kyle in the Medallia Superbike grid has raised some eyebrows. But the thing is, Jason, is with the exit of, of Kyle Wyman, and it looks like Shiby Racing won't be back either. I know that he had, had all his stuff up for sale, Steve Shiby. You lose those two bikes, but from what you and I both understand, there's actually going to be more proper super bikes on than we lost. So I agree. It's be yeah, a net positive, right? Yeah, yeah, and I believe that. And you know, now we could talk about this Kyle thing, and it's great because, like, literally right before I came on here with you, I was texting him about getting him on the podcast, and you know, he's moved back up to New York now, and and this is such a great move for Kyle um, to be in the position he's in at his age. And to have a company like Harley-Davidson behind him and going and being as serious as they are about this project with the baggers um, is 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 great for him. I think he's going to miss riding Superbike. He's even told me, he's like, it feels weird knowing that I'm not going to ride Superbike. But there's so many good opportunities for him, for him this year and in his future um, that having a guy like Kyle that's as versus he is and has ridden so many different bikes, this is going to allow Harley to maybe look at entering other classes in our series in the future. And when you got a guy like Kyle that's as talented as he is, he's going to be able to help move them along in some of that. Overall, the things I know about this deal with Kyle, it's a it's a win-win for him. And um, Yeah, and it's a beast. Like Kyle, if you're a Kyle Wyman fan, and you should be, he will be at every Moto America yes. race, yep. whether we have baggers or we don't have baggers. Yep. The details to all that stuff is going to be announced. But, of course, his wife works the series anyway. Yes. So, you know, if Hannah's going, Kyle wants to be there as well. I mean, first of all, as as cool as Hannah is, as a good job as she as she does, and the fact that, you know, she's one of our industry leaders and she's a woman, yep. I wouldn't leave her alone in the paddock either. You know what I mean? you got guys that are 14 <laughs> yeah. years old that yes. are trying to run up on Hannah all the time. You all know, these Junior the Cup time. kids. So, that. like, no, I'm just kidding around. But, I mean, 
you know, legitimately, there's going to be some really good announcements that have yeah. to do with Kyle and him being at the races all year long, in addition to the rounds that we won't have for, for baggers. But Kyle, you know, financially, I know Kyle's going to be in a very good spot, you know, probably one of the best spots he's been in in quite a while, which is really good. You know, as you, as you, you know, sail yourself off into your thirties, it's always good to make money, not spend it. So, well, you think about how hard Kyle. this guy has worked in the paddock to, I mean, to be a, years a, with his own a mainstay and be, a, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. And as I got to know Kyle Moore a couple of years ago, I saw the stress in him of being able to make it to these races. And, you know, I think if you remember back to the Ridge two years ago and that, that you know, it, it, how horrendous of the luck he had there at the Ridge and the stress level the kid was under, you know, he was, he was employing people at his team and, um, you know, when you have that premier um, entry, you got to put people on your bike. And that had to be hard for him, even though he did a really nice job. I think he got Tony Elias on the bike, if you remember. Um, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and, and it was like, but there were, there was, there's a lot of struggles. And there's not a person in the paddock uh, that, that I can think of that would probably have turned down what Kyle's getting the opportunity to do right now with Harley. So it's a great deal and I'm happy for him. No, but I also know Jay that it, it was a struggle for him during the decision process because oh, yeah. when you have your own team that you've built for 10 years and yep. Kyle has methodically increased the size of the team, yep. you know, and he was getting ready to, you know, to, to possibly open up a shop and doing all this kind of stuff. Like he was, had the building blocks to really come to grips, I think, with that. But that's a conversation we need to have with Kyle, and not for me. That'd be great to have him on. Yeah, we'll try to yeah. get him on in the next week or so. So there's a. Yeah. Actually, I got a small list of guys that I'd like to try to get on the podcast over the next three or four weeks, just because. Well, we're... gee, Jason, I'd love to see it. So yeah, I might show share you. that. I might share it with someday. you. I might share something called iMessage. You could text me. You know what I mean? It. We're on WhatsApp all the time. I mean, it's up to you. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But but oh, for sure, we'll don't see. call me. I'm not writing anything down, you lazy asshole. You go ahead and send me a text with people. Oh, now names. I'm a lazy asshole. That's nice. You, you, yeah, that's, that's right. nice. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of people that aren't lazy assholes, yes, the Kawasaki World Superbike team with Johnny Ray and Alex Lowe, they're going testing Jerez this week, they are. Uh, along with a bunch of other people. I think I don't know much details, but I know that in the press release Kawi sent out today, it's a shakedown of the parts that were kind of, you know, the, the stuff that they tested in December and they said, ran hey, we need these parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be further development. So, in your opinion, how important is this test for all those that are going to attend this one? Well, I think it's really important. You know, it's a new season. You go into this year now, and you just feel like the season's kind of starting to kick off. I just get blown away that MotoGP is less than eight weeks away. I think it is in Doha. I think so. I mean, that that stuff's going to get here really, really quickly. So, I think with Kawasaki too, specifically the jump that they they see that they need to make in performance uh, after last year. They've got to give both their riders a little bit better platform, as well as the riders that are choosing to stay on Kawasaki as privateers. They've got to make a step, um, other, you know, because I think that everybody else is moving forward. We already know the packages that some of the other teams have underneath them. Um, but I think for teams like Kawasaki and BMW and so on, um, they've got to see that step. So every time these guys are testing, uh, it, it's it's important. So I was texting a bit with Alex yesterday, Lowe's, um, and he was yeah, obviously he was already in Spain and he was doing some some training and things down there right now. Obviously he just had two newborns, so he hasn't been sleeping much at home. Um, but but he's down in Spain and he's getting ready for this test. So yeah, I know he's excited about it. And I, and again with his health too. I mean, Alex has had a brutal year last year of injury plagued season and really know, a year and a half, don't you think? Towards yeah, the end of just bad the twenty twenty two. So I'm hoping yeah. I'm hoping again to find out after this test, you know, how he's feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. By the way, MotoGP starts uh March sixth. So that's Crazy. that's Sunday after Supercross Daytona. And then we a couple days later get on a plane and head to Daytona for it's our just first crazy. Year. It's like four what is it, six weeks away? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, six weeks. Six weeks till the first six round weeks, in Doha. Five and a half doesn't weeks. even seem real. And these guys test, I think, next week, don't they? I yeah. Think, I think they test in somewhere, Sepang or something. Anyways, but yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's on definitely like Donkey Kong. Well, speaking of World Superbike, uh, Top Rack Raz Gottlioglu is a top troll on uh, social media. Or is he serious? Jay, did you see the tweet that he put out? Um, I, I put a link to it in the rundown. If you click on it, you can okay. see it. I think it works. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what Top Rack had said, it was, it's a picture of him doing a stop, and he said, I always had a MotoGP dream 2023. I Why did not? See that. And a big winky yes. face. Yes. Yeah. So, of course, the, 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 the media is going nuts. I mean, 
let's just let's just call it what it is. I mean, Top Rack needs to be in MotoGP. If you you know he, he already won this championship, I know he's going to spend another year. I'm sure that there's going to be you know seats are going to open up plenty for 2023 in MotoGP. Yeah. So the question is, you know, do you do you go to do you go? And then what manufacturer would you choose? Because I don't think it's just Yamaha. I mean, there might be a clause in his contract that says he goes to Yamaha. But if you're Top Rack, you know, and you had your choice, where would you go? Well, it's just to be determined. I think that, I think, it, it, I mean, Greg, it's it's wild because if you're going into MotoGP as a two-time World Superbike champion, your value is pretty high. If he goes this year and gets beat by Johnny and Batista or anybody, um, I don't know. I don't know what his value is going to be as great. Like, I think that right now the everything that Top Rack touches is gold at the moment. Um, I don't see him going backwards, by the way. I, you know, he's going to win a bunch of races and he's going to be a great defending champion. Better. Um, but it just depends on who makes these jumps, how much more, more competitive world Superbike could be this next year than last. Um, and who knows, Greg? I mean, like it would be great to see him in MotoGP. I, I don't have really any comment on what bike he would ride or choose to ride. I, you got to think that Yamaha will back the truck up to him. If he was to go in as a two time world champion, they're going to go after him and put him on a bike uh, next year, I would reckon, yeah. Yeah, that's what I would think as well. Well, that's it. That's your news presented by Arai. So that means, Jason, you're up. Yeah, you're going to have to do it because when I clicked on that link now, G-Dub, it's kind of turned everything pear-shaped on this end. So you go ahead. Oh, okay, that's fine. So yeah. we're going to talk about Supercross because Supercross happened over there, down there in the San Diego area. And uh, in the 450 class, we had a new winner, first-time winner, Chase Sexton, ends up winning over Eli Tomac, Dylan Ferrandis. I think a lot of people were a little surprised about that. Cooper Webb in fourth place, Malcolm Stewart in fifth, Aaron Plessinger, Kenny Roxon, Jason Anderson, Justin Barsha. Now, this isn't exactly the way that they finished on the racetrack because mm -hmm. as we found out, I think the next day, uh, it was Barsha and Bogle, Justin Bogle, who finished last. Did you see Bogle just literally... Yeah, like literally saw, just clean them out. I saw the video. I, yeah. I liked it. I love it. See, I love that stuff still. I think because there comes a point where there, again, there's one guy that seems to make a lot of contact with people every week. Like everybody talks about it. And if you saw Brayton's comments, Brayton basically said he saw the pass that Barsha put on Bogle and it wasn't nice. And so, you know, if and it was early, it was early, early in the race and he right, just slammed but into it, him. But it took Bogle yeah. out basically. Mm -hmm. And so Bogle toward around and then when Barsha came up to lap him Bogle cleaned him out and the thing is is that I I personally don't want race control to get involved like if you're gonna let him race like that then let him race but if you're gonna let that happen then guys are gonna pay back guys and people will be like oh well, what if he'd have killed him he ain't gonna kill him and if you watched it what he did it's like I like that little bit of old school mentality of like take the guy by the neck because I just think it's it's like Sooner or later, and I love that you're nodding because you know what I'm talking about. You just kind of get to the point oh, yeah. where when a guy keeps repeating and doing the same thing over and over and he's known as Bam Bam and he's going to keep Bam Bam in people, then he needs to get it back. That's it. Yep. I mean, that's obviously Bogle was touring around waiting for him. You Correct. know what I mean? It was a vindictive move. I get that. And, that, and this is one of those instances where race control should get involved, but yep. you got to let it happen. You know, you got to give him the opportunity. It's... It's one of those situations, and I think that the, the you know the the fine was appropriate. I mean, it gave me one extra point in fantasy, so it was no big deal. But it was just like, all right, we're going to move you back a position. Bogle was already in last place, no big deal on that one. But you know, getting back to the race itself, Jay, it just seems you know that there's all this hype about like, oh my gosh, we've had three race winners, three different race winners in the first three races. But then I don't know who it was. It was either Wygant or somebody posted like, yeah, it's same thing we've had in the last like seven of eight seasons we've had three different winners and but this is where we none see of them have Supercross. been the big three Roxon won the first one which was fair enough but like cooper webb and uh cooper webb and tomac haven't won yet right so it's kind of really? like and and you know i'm not going to say who but somebody kind of predicted sex and winning in san diego but yeah yeah you and you and 47 percent of the people playing fantasy or whatever is that right i mean yeah, yeah. Don't don't sit on your high listen, horse like listen, all. Listen, I I picked Jay Sexton. You guys did. in what? the RM fantasy. Who did you pick to win? Not um, Sexton. I did. I'm not talking about pulp. People no, pick I picked forty seven percent of the people. I I picked Jason Anderson to win. 
And let's, let's talk about this real quick, right? Because when you look yeah. at it, Sexton is riding amazing. Ultimately could have won the opening round, if you remember. Um, but right now, the guy with pace is Anderson. He's got pace over these guys. And that race would have been a lot closer. And, I mean, I feel horrendous for Anderson. What did he get credited with, Greg? Eighth? Is that where he Eighth ended place. up? Eighth. And, um, you know, the, the, the big thing about riding these motocross bikes on a track, on a supercross track, is... When a bike is smoking, and the, the, the biggest thing those guys got to be careful of is going off the lip of the jump and the bike bogging and, and you know leaving them out hanging at the you know in the air. That's a, a scary thought, you know. And I was so bummed for that guy um, to see those points. Get I was taken bummed for my fantasy too. I'm just me saying too. Because well, I had Sexton winning and I had Anderson second on RM, and I was like, this could be close because he was coming, but I don't know if he had caught him because he was like one point like seven seconds back when he got to second. And I think he got it down to 5.4. Listen, um, we don't know how Chase would have reacted, but if you correct. do the math, he would have caught him. Like in caught terms him, yeah. of the current lap times before the smoke happened. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. It, it's... Uh, it's and well, well, but look, you, you, you know that back in the day, you know, the mid-2000s, early to mid-2000s, uh, a couple of the key members of the Kawasaki team currently were on the road race side of things. Yeah. So a few years ago when I was doing pro motocross... I, you know, I, I had a chance to catch up with Dan Fahey and with Theo Lockwood, and I just said, okay, do me the easiest thing that you guys know how to do, which is just give me the differences between superbikes and these bikes. And the, the, the point that, like, that both Fahey and Theo had told me was, is like, if you look at the value associated with Supercross, look at how much we spend on riders. He said, we can get so much more horsepower out of these motors, and we can get them to go faster. But the risk involved with doing that, if a motor explodes or something happens, just like you're saying, Jason, yeah. on the face of a jump and it's you crazy. have a rider go down, the amount of money that's behind that rider, not just in salary, but sponsor dollars, everything, if your star goes out. So there is a huge margin of, of, of kind of like, um, you know, wear and tear on parts, a huge margin. I mean, like 20 percent. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they they're telling me that they could probably get 20 percent, 25 percent more power out of it. But the idea is just get these bikes to make it to the end. So to see something like that happen to Jason Anderson on the Monster Energy Kawasaki team was shocking. Uh, but you say I think that, it ended but up- you say that, but Greg, honestly, how many times have we seen Tomax bike break or smoke or whatever in the last couple of years? I mean, it's a. I'm telling oh, you, the good, cow, yeah, right, the cow has been doing that a lot. And now yeah. they were saying that before it was clutches for Tomac, and and in this particular case, it didn't look like a clutch for for Jason. But no, it was it was it, it was a cap or something. I radiator think. cap or radiator something. Radiator cap but or something. Yeah. The, you know, one of the things that Corey Neuer used to just always just get on me about at the motocross tracks is do not run out of gas. Like mm-hmm. you do not want to be going up the face of anything or going somewhere and having the thing bog on you, and it's because it can just. It can hurt you so bad. So yeah. the fact that that guy held on and rode that bike around and got himself some points, you know, they say the bad nights are the right nights you win your championships, and that's a bad night, not to his doing. But that guy, to me, right now, looks like he could go on a streak. I don't. I, I agree with you 100. percent I mean, I he, he looks so he, streaky because there were two different racetracks. You know, going from Oakland to to San Diego. San Diego was a track that. It was even more start dependent, you know, yeah. to get a good start and to run. But it didn't seem technical, that, did it? It didn't seem as technical. The whoops were gnarly. They gnarly. were the craziest whoops I've yeah. seen. But the rest of it seemed fairly pedestrian and not that difficult. But the fact that Anderson could charge as fast as he was able to charge and yeah. still be in his comfort zone, yeah. versus the rest of the riders that really didn't make any any significantly big moves. I mean, Ferrandis, you know, was able to chip his way up and all that kind of stuff, but still. It, w- it was really impressive. Now, what's also impressive is the points, yep. right? So here Crazy. we have a championship yeah. after three. It's only three rounds. I understand it. But Tomac's going to have the red the red backing on his number plate as he's got 59 points. Chase Sexton now is one point behind at 58. He's tied with Cooper Webb and Justin Barsha is only two points adrift. So it's 59, 58, 58. Barsha at 56. Anderson at 54 with Plessinger. You want to talk about two riders that have had completely different experiences to get 54 points, Aaron Plessinger and Jason Anderson. They couldn't be yeah. more different. But the fact that they are sitting on the same amount of points is very telling. But, you know, a lot of that has to do with the second round, too. You know, Plessinger, I think, finished second in that one, right, to, uh, to Jason Anderson. But 
it's it's a very interesting run that we're seeing in Supercross, and we go to I think A two, right? I think we're back at Anaheim. A two. I'm I'm actually gonna go. It's gonna be fun. You know, the thing is, is that Ferrandis to me is the guy too. Another guy, if he gets starts, that's been his big thing. He got a better start this weekend. He was able to keep himself up there on the podium. I mean, I I couldn't count it right now, Greg, but. How many podium finishers, different guys on the podium have we seen already in just three rounds? It's got to be at least six different people, I would think. Yeah, six of nine spots, I think I mean, probably it's, pretty it's, accurate. I mean, you got Roxon and Anderson and Plessinger and Ferrandis and Sexton. That's five that I can think of just there. Webb is six. I mean, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's great. The Supercross is going to be awesome this year, and let's just hope these guys stay healthy. I think in the 250 class, you know, where everybody's just ready to hand the title to Christian Craig, and why wouldn't you be? The the pace the guy has is incredible. You see him get knocked down in turn one right off the bat at the start, which is kind of like gave everybody a chance. The guy ends up finishing third, and, and going back through everybody, he's so head and shoulders faster than everybody else right now, uh, taking nothing away from first-time winner Michael Moseman, and, and I think Hunter Lawrence ended up second in that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Hunter makes a mistake late in the race to, you know, he was pressuring Moseman. I saw the, I watched the whole Supercross, you know, pre-show and there was a, a tremendous interview with Moseman that really made you like the kid if you hadn't got to know who he was already. So the fact that he ends up winning, I thought was tremendous. Uh, but, but Christian Craig just, he's head and shoulders right now above those guys, but it only takes one little accent like that to get hurt or have a bike problem and let everybody else back in. Yeah, that pileup in 252 kind of messed some things up. I know Joe Shimoda had a really good run through the field. Not as fast, obviously, as Craig, right. but he was able to work his way up to fifth place. And it's um, it's very interesting. The 250 class is very interesting because the pressure, I think, in 250 is so much higher because you do have regional championships. Yep. So, you know, if you look at it, it's it's almost half the races that you have to race versus the 450 class. So every points opportunity you have is is kind of doubled compared to like the 450 championship. But I, I agree with you. I think Christian Craig is on another level. And right now, if you look at the points, Craig leads the way, even though he had third place. He's 73 points over Hunter Lawrence, 67. So there's a five points difference. Uh, Moseman was able to claw his way up into third. Vince Freeze is having a great year, Jason. I mean, he's having really good starts. He finished fourth in that race. He's fourth in the championship right now ahead of some top rider, Shimoda. Uh, Hammaker, you know, Nate Thrasher, uh, Robbie Wageman's doing a great job this year as well. Garrett Marchbanks behind him, you know, so uh, it's an interesting championship. It's sorting itself out. I think up top, you're just kind of starting to to filter in the top three. Yeah, but... a couple of the guys are hurt. You know, Nichols got hurt there in the first round and and, and Swole got hurt, Justin but he made it back Cooper. to this one. Um, yeah, you know, it's just Justin Cooper got, I mean, right now it's, it's, I mean, if Christian Craig doesn't win the championship this year, that would be... It'd probably be bad for him because this is like his biggest opportunity, best opportunity. He's got a lot of grief for being 30 years old and being in that class. But if you saw the tweet he put out last week, I thought it was really well done. He's like, you know, a lot of guys are criticizing, but I've been hurt most of my career, you know. And then there was a couple years where he was a, he was basically building houses and came back. And so even though his number-wise age is a little bit older than most, um, that the idea that he's not, you know, that he's still able to ride this class and then bump up to 450s next year, he's kind of got a second chance in his career, so it's good. And, and Greg, we'd be uh, wrong if we don't mention AC. Like, it's just, it's like the worst part is we haven't really heard anything about him this week, which makes me think that something might be more wrong than, you know, I know he jammed his knee or something. I took him because I know his shoulder's been jacked, but as a one handicap, I looked at that track and I thought, I thought to myself, it's not that technical. This will be a track he can, he could be okay at. And then, of course, he dings himself up again, and the kid just can't stay healthy. I, I just feel so bad for him. It's, it, the worst part is, is when you have someone that's got as much talent as he has, and he's putting in the work. Because you oh. and I have been around plenty of people that worked, that don't have as much talent as the most talented rider, or have unbelievable amounts of talent and never put the work in. <laughs> Anthony Gobert, right? Like, it... <laughs> The, the the bit that you look at and you say, man, can you catch a break? Because this is, for the most part, for AC, unless there's something that we don't know, like, hey, you know, it's 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 the setup of the bike that's causing him to lose the front, that caused him to dab his leg. It's part of the reason why he's getting hurt consistently, or whatever it is. Beyond us knowing that, this just seems like the worst luck for this kid. And he's such a face-up to us dude, but who don't like, know him personally. You know, seems like a good dude. Why does he have such bad luck? It's yeah, crazy. And it's, and it's like, it's not even about being fragile or anything. It's just always 
kind of tweaking yourself the wrong way. And when you start doing shoulder joints, like he's had big problems with his shoulders, and then you got like knees, you know, it's those kind of injuries are way worse than just breaking an arm or breaking a leg or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that stuff just heals and gets better. But when you start doing stuff to joints and, and, and that stuff, it's, it's lingering. That stuff just takes forever. And these guys have no time to heal. And, and you know, what do they do? What do they do with him? Like from a, from a public standpoint, you, you can't get a better kid than, than AC. I don't even know him. I've gone back and forth with him on Twitter about golf a little bit, but, but the thing is, is I, it, it from a lot of different angles, he's the most perfect guy you could have for your brand. Um, and he's capable of winning. And so you just sit there and you scratch your head and you go, what does this kid got to do to get a break? Yeah, so, hopefully it's coming hope, soon. and Hopefully it gets better for him. So let's jump into fantasy. I'll do it because I got it back up, G-Dub. When we look at our fantasy stuff, um, it's it's killing me. But G-Dub, I know, like, I know four of the top five. And I know six of the top seven. Five of the well, top seven. Well, name some names because people love to hear their name on this podcast. Oh, God. I mean, Do we have to talk about Chuck leading? That's the worst part of this whole thing. Well, you got Chuck, Chuck leading and you got Uncle Skip in seventh. And so they're, they're texting to us the other day, you know, about, hey, I think we're in the, I think together we're in the top seven. I'm like, yeah, great, you know. But anyways, they are. <laughs> yeah. They're kicking yeah, our ass. And then, and, and Dougie is in second. And I'm surprised my phone hasn't lit up about that. But you got Chuck in first, Dougie in second, Andrew's in third, Andrew Lee, that is. No, yeah, is he? Nick Siling's in fifth, Uncle Skip is seventh, Mikey Gilbert is 13th. I so mean, here's the question. The question yeah. is, and I, did we bring this up on the podcast last week? I don't if, know. if we are and we get redundant, sorry, everybody. Sorry, but yeah. I is the fact that the the prize for this thing is is actually a motocross helmet. So it's not a road race helmet. So it not, you know, I was thinking, obviously Chuck Axlin is Johnny Ray's manager, and is he gonna get an Arai helmet that he could get from Johnny? No. He's gonna get he's gonna get the the um what is it called? The VX Pro. Okay. Okay. The VX Pro for a motocross helmet. So that's not an issue. But does Chuck Axon really need a motocross helmet? I mean, don't you think oh, that he should? Let me explain if he's something leading to you this right thing, Don't you think if he should Chuck throw it down the road? This, you know what I mean? Chuck Just wins this, he doesn't give a shit about a helmet. No, he, he should pull he's off the He's going to be able to look flag, at us at every round and just razz us. Dude, if I was Chuck and I won all, next, all the rest of the season, I would just come to the booth. You know, like when we're getting ready to broadcast, uh, just put the helmet down right in the middle of the table. Let's not keep giving right him ideas. Like, that's not give him any ideas. And Uncle Skip's no, I think on a Chuck, tear. I think Chuck should pull out on the white Skip's, flag. Skip scored 273 points two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, we're just sure getting destroyed. a miserable first week he had, but I, I don't know. I'm, 30, I mean, I'm 37th, and I don't even know where you are. I'm like 78th. I'm on page two again. This whole thing with last year was like, oh, can you get on page one? Because it's like top 100 or top 50 or something. And I'm in the middle of page two. You're seventy third. Yeah, you stink too, just like me. That's all right. Mm-hmm. We can only go one well, way, Gar- Greg. We can only go one way. Going, we're going yeah, to the down. front, G Dub. No, we're going <laughs> we're to the going front. Up. We're going up. Plenty of racing left, Jason. Plenty of racing. Plenty left. of racing. Well, I don't even. By I don't the way, know what we're Kevin talking is, about is. I don't, anyways, yeah, yeah, we're talking about the Pulp MX Fantasy League. It's slash Greg's Garage Podcast or Pod. Go check it out. Um, jo- come join us. If you're already doing it, by the way, you can just add the league, and then you'll you'll get populated right in. So, um, you know, we're just going to go whoever whoever wins it at the end of the year. I'm going to have to do a cutoff at some point to say, you know, so if someone's like kicking ass, they can't just join it and bump Chuck out of the top spot. But Correct. it's a lot of fun. Get on text message thread with your friends. Uh, talk some trash. You know, I have a buddy of mine, Jason, who's a Formula One fan on the archery side of things. He's got a collapsed lung, a, a spontaneous collapsed lung at 37 years old. The guy's healthy. He's a bicycle rider and everything else. He's been in the hospital for a week and a half. So... I've convinced him to pick up another hobby, and that is Supercross. So he started watching Great. Supercross. I love and it. And he's, he's, he's going to get on and start playing with us. So uh, his name's Rich. You know, we may start adding him in. I may I may jump him in on our text every now and then. That'd be great. Um, but get him involved. It, it's fun. It's fun in the middle of the winter. You know, still a couple months away from MotoGP starting, and obviously Daytona 200, and then we start official Moto America season in April. But anyway, all right, Jay, uh, another topic. Let's, let's move on to World Superbike because the – Official preliminary, I guess you could say, entry list is out yep. for who's going to be in the championship. A um, couple notable things. Number one, Top Rack is going to run the number one plate. Yay, Top Rack. Yep. I'm, I mean, I'm pumped. 
I'm glad that Johnny Ray set the precedent in that and World Superbike. So congratulations to Top Rack and World Superbike fans that will see a number one. So it's going to be Top Rack and Locatelli, you know, back yep. on the on the Patty Yamaha uh, with Bricks World Superbike team. Batista moves the team with Michael Ruben Rinaldi on the Aruba.it team. You have Alex Lowe's Johnny Ray on the Kawasaki team. Redding Vandermark on the BMW official team. Yep. Lakawona and Vierge on the HRC. Nazoni and Garrett Gerloff on the GRT Yamaha World Superbike team. By the way, those are you know those are two factory spec bikes that they're on as well. Did you see so the photos that Garrett the... posted of himself this week? Dude, I thought they were photoshopped. <laughs> Dude is ripped, man. He is like ripped. Shredded. Did you see the I'm meme? Like... You didn't see the meme, right? No, I didn't see the meme. It's a great one of of Garrett Gerloff, uh, and right next to him is a picture of Jorge Lorenzo. Oh really? I'll send it to you. It's good. It's right, on it. it I forgot who sent it to me on Instagram. But it's pretty good. It's pretty funny. But he is. But Jay, if you look, if you look at the Bonovo Action BMW team, okay, yeah, and you look at the GRT Yamaha World Superbike team and all the rest of the factory teams, that's fourteen factory it's bikes. Insane. Here. It's insane. Well, we don't know. And who's then you have be on bikes that are a really kit. high level. How about and we I don't know who's going to be on Petrucini, but I thought we did. I could have sworn someone made the announcement that. Well, Vinales, Isaac Vinales has moved over to the Yamaha now, so because he was on a Cowie last year. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, and then you got and then you got Hafiz Siren. He's on the Honda this year with Mercado, so that's turned into a two rider team, hasn't it? And I'm not as familiar with Oliver Koenig. Um, Luca Bernardi oh, is a guy that uh, if you saw um, the tweet from. Steve English, he's kind of excited about seeing how he ends up getting going on that bike this year. And you got Lucas Mayas still on the on the uh, Pachetti team, and then Philip Odell moves from the Supersport class to uh, Superbike on the on the Go Eleven Ducati. And the guy I'm excited about this year is Bassani. I think Bassani is going 100%. to. I think Alex Bassani, his sophomore year, we hope the sophomore jinx thing doesn't necessarily kick in, because he was really proving himself towards the latter half of last year like he's going to be a continuous threat on that bike so the two ducati factory boys have got a guy there and bassani that is going it's you know he's coming after those guys i think world superbike is going to just be it is going to be so good this year it'll be a barn burner yeah it's going to be great so i mean there are so many stories looking i'm excited to see what the the bmw team as a whole is going to do you know in terms of you know, watching Scott Redding on that bike with Vandemark and Baz all being kind of taller, larger stature riders. Yeah. What are they going to do with development? I think this is a critical year for BMW to make a step in terms yeah. of their development. And obviously, Bassani is a talking point. We'll see if Gerloff can shake off what happened to him last year and yeah. get his speed back with, with the same aggressiveness, just with fewer mistakes. And then, if you know, I, I think seeing if Top Rack. How, how dominant he's going to be, you know, if the other teams have caught him. And then what the heck is Johnny Ray going to do? What's his response going to be this year? Right. You know, what, what's going to be within within his purview? A healthy, healthy Alex Lowe's. I mean, there's just so many good stories. I also think that Locatelli is is poised to make another, you know, quarter second step in his riding. He uh, showed no some question. some moments of brilliance. So I agree with you, Jason. I mean, it is looking absolutely just, just I, There's going to be seven, awesome. eight guys. I really do believe as good as Superbike was last year, it's going to be better going forward and it's going to be a lot more like the racing that we used to see a long time ago where there's six seven eight guys if you go back during one of my little injury plagued years i had all of the world superbike rounds from like the initial three or four or five years of superbike and it was so fun to watch like and i i just feel like we're in such a good place right now with racing across the board uh in the all initial series. years of world superbike didn't they go to brainerd one year oh yeah yeah i was there for i was there for one of the years they went to brainerd so yeah, they went to Brainerd and um, they went to Mossport up in Canada. So yeah, there were places that they went. So, anyways, I just think it's uh, it's World Superbike is going to be a lot of fun, and we do got to start making a little bit of list. There's a couple guys even from there I'd like to get on the show. It's like it's weird how the the, the weeks just kind of rip by. Like all of a sudden it's Monday or Tuesday, and you're texting me, "Hey, what day do you want to do it this week?" And it, I it, do, they, they I know, go by so I mean, quickly. I... I leave so. tomorrow morning to go to Lancaster, Pennsylvania for an archery tournament to shoot yeah. and compete. Then the very and I'm home for two days. Then I get on a plane and go to Vegas for the Vegas shoot, which is competing and commentating as well. Then we have like I think 
four weeks until I travel next, kind of. I mean, yeah. there's an archery tournament that I normally work, yeah. that I don't get to compete, that I'm not working this year, but I'm yeah. available to do it. Yeah. And the re- the reason is, is it's called ASA. There's six events, and four of them conflict with Moto America races. So the, the people that manage it made the decision they want to go with a consistent commentating crew, and I actually agree with them to do that instead of having me coming in doing two and then missing four. Yeah. But that means that for the first two events, I'm free to shoot them. And I'm like, do I, do I spend the money? You know what I mean? Do I go to yeah. Foley, Alabama and go compete? So if I don't do that, then I'm home for four weeks. Then... You know, I know that you got a lot of Chuck Wallet time, but we just got to look at it the next two weeks to see if we can s- schedule some people to be on the podcast. I mean, yeah, no, I, you know, I, the, I, I'm going to be out at Chuck I'm good right now. I got some time off right now, which is great. And my February's full already as far as people go. Uh, so that's all good. And then, I mean, <laughs> then Daytona's going to be here. I'm excited about getting back down to Daytona. I really, really am fired up about getting down there, maybe more so than I ever have, only because. You know, I'm going down there, and there's a lot of hype around our series. The fact that Moto America's taken that over, I think, is is going to be great for the championship, uh, for our for our series as far as getting more exposure. Uh, and I still think that there's going to be some announcements coming up being made uh, of plenty. people that could be racing it. So it's going to be great. And there's some announcements we missed. I mean, obviously, American Racing launched. There's been MotoGP teams yes. that have launched liveries. You know, some of them have looked spectacular, like the the new. You know, whatever Ducati Yamaha with team. Antonio and um, yeah, that looks good. That the looks new great. Yamaha team with the, me, I think. with you or whatever was kind of like eh, underwhelming. You know, yeah, just, I agree with you hundred percent with that with Bender and Dovi. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, no big deal. I mean, it's gonna look great, you know, so but it, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why we're not really talking about team, you know, team reveals. I mean, obviously, Sean Dillon, Kelly, Cameron, Bobier teaming up was a big deal. It was in LA. I got an email. I got an invite, but unfortunately, I was in Vegas during the time, and it would have been really neat to be at that team launch. But it's great. You know, bikes look the same, and and I'm really pumped for them. But I'm looking forward more to getting on the racetrack for these guys, and especially Sean Dillon, Kelly, and seeing how he stacks up against the competition. Yeah, know? he's excited. You know, all those guys are excited. So yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Well. All right. So that'll do it for this podcast. Once again, a reminder, sign up for the PulpMX.com fantasy uh, and join our league, Greg's Garage Pod. And um, there you're going to win an Arai VX Pro 4 helmet. You can, And Jason and I are still working on maybe some prizes for second or third or whatever. Next week, we're going to be talking about Supercross. And I can't wait to get your perspective, JP, as you are going to be there. I am. You know, and watching it live, which, of course, gives you a fantasy edge. Because you're actually going to have eyes on the track and you'll be able to see who looks fast and all that kind of stuff. So, I think it's a I mean, disadvantage. It's a little bit think, of an unfair advantage. I don't know when I'm going to get there. I don't oh. know when I'm going to get there. Oh, I see. And so, so I, you're not going to get there for practice and all you that? You got to know, it's so much easier to watch that stuff. Um, it's so much easier to watch that stuff on your computer and stuff, right? Plus, I got a, I got a, I got a really good story to share with you, but it's going to be next week's story because I've got... I've got something kind of special happening for me on Saturday on my way down there as well. And it's kind of a cool story nope. that, you know, it's our podcast, so I can tell it and you'll like it too. You're, you already kind of know about it, but yeah, it's going to be good. All right. Look forward to it. Well, thanks everybody for checking out the podcast. As always, JP, you have the last word. Thanks everybody. Have a great week. Hope everybody's healthy. <laughs>